This is episode number 20 with Pete Evans. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe to uncover the habits, mindsets, tools, and rituals that they have used to become world-class so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Pete is an internationally renowned and household chef, restaurateur, author, and television presenter. His passion for food and a healthy lifestyle inspires individuals and families all around the world. Pete and I first connected at our beloved Jess's book tour many years ago. I remember our first conversation, actually. We were sitting side stage about to go on chatting about Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, and our spiritual journey, and some of the best books that had supported us on our journey. I remember him showing me the Kindle app on his phone, chock full of some of the best spiritual texts out there. And it looked almost identical to mine. So we bonded over that and we had some great chats and have stayed in touch. And his beautiful wife, Nick, is a dear soul sister of mine. So I'm very excited for you to hear this episode. In today's episode, we chat about why we shouldn't get hung up on labels, the truth with a capital T that everything comes down to, and that is love and fear. He's totally talking my language here. The sacred ceremony he does with his wife for 30 minutes as the sun rises. Why curiosity is the key to life. Why self-love is essential to happiness. The book that awakened him and set him on his journey at 19 years old. His self-love tips and tricks. How to be fearless. How to parent consciously. How he moves through fear when it comes up. The importance of surrounding yourself with epic humans. Why he was always hungry for growth plus so much more. Everything that we mention in today's episode can be found in the show notes and that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 20. So without further ado, let's dive in to today's episode with the one and only Pete Evans. Welcome, Pete. It's so good to have you here. Before we dive in, though, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? <laughs> G'day, Melissa. Uh, breakfast this morning. What did we have? Uh, actually, we had something different today. Nick made this uh, amazing little uh, uh, low-carb pancake, actually. It was the first time I've had pancakes uh, at home as a family in I think about like five years and uh, uh, with a little bit of free range bacon and, and we've got some honey from the bees and we actually drizzled that over the top and usually it's a it's a uh, it's a savory breakfast but for, for today for some reason it was a uh, sweet a little sweet number and uh, it was great. 
sounds absolutely delicious. Now, I've had your cooking and I've had Nick's cooking and it is just amazing. So I'll be there soon for those pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) So you are the host of number one TV show in Australia, My Kitchen Rules. You're a prolific entrepreneur, a best-selling author of 15 books, and you've sold over 750,000 copies. You're the creator of the Paleo Way TV series and the 10-week online program. You're the face of raw coconut water. You have your own skincare. You're a producer, a documentary. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Seriously. Like I was like, is there anything he doesn't do? And there's so many brands that you're involved in. And not to mention you're an amazing devoted husband and an incredibly active and loving father. So take us back to young Pete, 15-year-old Pete. Did you know you were going to do all of this? Like, could you have imagined creating what you've created? Well, a 15-year-old Pete is pretty much the same as uh, 40, I'm nearly 44, so uh, mid-40s Pete, to be honest with you. I grew up in Queensland and uh, basically that's where I am now, near the Gold Coast. And I just took my oldest daughter for a surf today. Her name's Chili and uh, she's 12 years old and we had a two-hour surf at Kira and it was exactly what I was doing about 30 years ago myself, uh, surfing the same same spots and to be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm no different except with a little bit more experience uh, as far as life goes or life skills goes between now and uh, back then but um, I, I still feel like that same kid. I, I honestly do. <laughs> And, and I, I, thanks for all the introduction, but uh, I think, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I love the most is being a, uh, a father to two beautiful daughters and being a husband to my uh, wonderful wife, Nick. And, you know, if, if you can do that and be happy and healthy and then uh, do the job that you love to do or create the jobs that you love to do, then uh, I, I think, I, I reckon that's that's pr- pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty pretty good way to live. Yeah, when I look at you, I don't see a paleo chef. When I think about you, I think of a fearless ambassador for truth. (laughs) Was this one of your life goals? The thing that you mentioned there is uh, you said you don't see me as a paleo chef and and I think people get hung up on labels. They really do and it's it's something that that I try to, I guess, uh, bring a different – uh, view or a different point of view into in, into that conversation with people because so many people in, introduce themselves as I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan or I'm a yogi or I'm this or I'm that and I'm like well really at the heart of it if, if we're human beings and we should you know live as human beings should live you know and that should be the defining if we have a label as such and everything should spread from from that uh innate self of of knowing who we are as as a species and then grow from that and and understand who we are understand how we've how we've managed to get here and that's the only sort of label I, I think people should really go out and say, you know what, I'm a bloody good human and uh, let's, let's, let's spread that message, you know, because, I mean, if, you, if we think about the word human and then it goes into the, uh, humanity, uh, all of these things just, you know, should be resonating deeply within us. But um, 
a fearless, <laughs> fearless truth speaker. Um, we could talk about that if you like, but again, I'm, I'm so probably not so comfortable with those sort of titles or a paleo person or anything like that because I'm not. Let's just talk about being fearless. Have you always been fearless or is this something that you've kind of developed through adversity or dealing with critics? I I don't believe that anyone lives without fear. I think uh, fear and love is what uh, really drives us. Uh, Fear and love is what... Um, will dictate the choices that we make or the decisions we make or, or the goals that we set for ourselves. It all comes down to t- those two words is, uh, and emotions and uh, it is fear and love. And a very dear friend of mine, if you're interested in, uh, you might want to look at getting him on your show as well. His name is Rudolf Eckhart or Rudy Eckhart. He's a, he's a wonderful um, a therapist out of Sydney. And he's actually written a book called The Truth of Love and Fear. And I think it's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing to talk about or, or to bring up into a conversation because we all do have an element of fear to a degree uh, that shapes who we are. Um, because the old question is, what would you do if you had no fear? What, who would you become? And, and it, I'm going to go off a little tangent here on that fear thing because I think it's probably one of the most most powerful things people are scared of is their own true potential. And I, I honestly see it daily, if not weekly, or with people that they're, that they're so – they live in a state of fear of what they can be or who they can be. And I think it's, it's, it's a really powerful and, and quite a negative thing to, to live in that state. And I think if you, if you could channel uh, that, that focus, I guess, into how could you love yourself more and more and more, to bring that fear, fear level down or, or make it nearly non-existent, I think that, that's where we need to go because fear comes in so many different, I guess, disguises, but I think most people have developed their own, uh, their own fears through how they've been brought up and the experiences that they've had. Uh, and generally it has come through their, their, their mum and dad, uh, either telling them that they can't do this or they're not good enough for that. Or, uh, I mean, a, a great example of mine is, you know, my father used to say to me, children should be seen and not heard. And and I think that is probably one of the, the cruelest things that a, a parent could ever say to a child. What they're saying is that uh, your voice or you do not matter. You know, you're, you're a bit of garnish for people. And so words really can hold so much power, especially in those formative years, especially when you're looking up to people for their unconditional love, but they're putting conditions already on on themselves as being parents. And, and if you look into it a little bit deeper, it's, it's probably how your parents were brought up and their parents were brought up, and, and it's this ongoing cycle. So if we can break the cycle of uh, limiting self-beliefs, or what you might call fear, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a really good thing to investigate. And I guess a, a little bit of my own story is that 
I have been searching out therapists or teachers or mentors that uh, that is their modality or, or what they love to teach people is uh, removing negative fear-based patterns or belief systems that we have had since since early days or have developed through different experiences. It could be your first day at school or it could be your first day on a new job or starting out a new business. Uh, it could be whatever it may be. So for the last 25 years, I have been searching out around the globe people to help me understand myself better and to and to peel off uh, layer by layer and uh, a good analogy is that we're like an onion <laughs> once you peel off one layer there's another layer to investigate and I don't ever think we will anyone will ever get to the to the <laughs> to their to their their core uh, because I believe that we're all here on a spiritual journey or an evolutionary journey to get closer and closer to that uh, core state of unconditional love for others and for themselves. And through your exploration with working with different teachers and reading books and just going on your own journey, how do you today, when that fear arises within you, how do you move through it? Like, do you have something like a little process that you personally take yourself through or do you simply remind yourself that this is just a limiting belief from the past? What do you do now? It's an interesting question because I think it's multifaceted. I don't think there's, there's one simple answer that I can give you. But for instance, this morning, uh, my wonderful wife Nick and I were having a cup of tea. Uh, we have a, a little tea ceremony most mornings now as the sun gets up. Uh, it's a beautiful connection for both of us. Uh, we do it in silence. We have three three cups of tea. With it. Uh, she uh, is basically, uh, she holds space for both of us and uh, our, our pet dog, Shakova, curls up in my lap and we sit across from each other as the sun comes up and we basically silent for 30 minutes and we have basically a, uh, a, a very uh, powerful meditation through that process and after that I actually had the conversation with her that I've got a few little things niggling at me at the moment to do with to do with work and and business and you know she, she just said just let it go and uh, the right thing will come and um, it was funny because straight after that after we had the breakfast, I took my daughter for a surf and on the drive out to, it was a half an hour drive to the surf and on the way out there, one of the things that was niggling with me, I actually made a decision on. I rang up a friend and said, listen, this is where I want to take this part of the business and I've been going back and forth with it for the last six months and finally today it was, it was time to make a decision. And I feel great about it now that I have made that decision. So the process for me today was sitting in silence and having space, holding space, or my wife was holding space for me, and, uh, and knowing that the right outcome would come. Now, I'm not going to promise that uh, my decision today was the right one <laughs> because we never have a crystal ball as such, but it felt right now. In my in my gut, so for me for today, it was the right decision, and I'm going to head on that path. And this path is going to go into many different uh, areas. I can already feel it. So, I guess one of the things we have to learn to do is trust 
our, our gut or our intuition. Now, that only happens through, I guess, strengthening that and listening to that. Now, if we want to get into the nutritional side of that, it is a very important that I believe and, and others believe that we um, try to follow a, uh, a basic gut healthy diet uh, because that helps us to get into tune with, with, um, with our feelings and where we can potentially go with the decisions that we have to make. And that might be a little bit esoterical for people, or a little bit uh, woo-woo, but uh, I firmly believe it. But again, I've been struggling with a couple of these decisions lately, and I've, I've also got a, a bloody good diet. So there's, there's more to it than just diet. There's more to it than just following your intuition. That's why I said it's multifaceted. If I could have, I would have gone and seen a, a, one of my mentors or therapists to talk about these things. But at the moment, I, I haven't felt the need to lately, and I'm in a different location. So we're just letting the process unfold. I'm very cautious not to give anybody any advice as such and say you should follow what I do or you should follow what this person does. I think for each person out there, it's very important that they find what works for them. As I've said to, to many people uh, in, in my, on my journey, uh, if you have an addiction that might be alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling or anything in life that uh, mightn't be serving your higher, higher power or higher good, then if you keep searching for the answer for that, then it will come. And it might be a combination of different people or different coincidences, coincidences or uh, different things that uh, manifest themselves. But I think once you stop looking or, or close yourself off from the possibility of it, I think that's where it can turn stale for people. So I think being curious is probably the only piece of advice I would give people is, is be curious about who you are, what you're capable of, and the different types of avenues or, or answers that are out there for you. Be, be bloody curious, hunger for curiosity. I couldn't agree more. And trust, you know, you said it a couple of times and it keeps resonating, just trusting and listening to your intuition and trusting that your intuition knows the way and letting it guide you. So everything you're saying is just resonating so much with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Often being fearless can be mistaken for being rude. Now, you make no apologies for your truth and you have spoken out openly about your beliefs. What makes you want to do that? Is it a strong desire for living your purpose and your mission or what is it for you? I look at life as a little bit of a game <laughs> that uh, you, you turn up to play it, you know. I think, I, as I said, be curious and have a bit of fun with it and have a bit of fun with your life if you can. And that's what I tend to try to do. I, I see it as, as this wonderful game, the game of life. And um, I think if you, if you hide from it or, or try not to engage with it or run away from it, I think that's, um, it will eventually catch up to you. <laughs> and make you play whether you want to or not. So I like to go into 
you know, anything that I do with a, with a good sense of humour and and a little bit of uh, uh, I wouldn't say bravado, but but you know, a little sense of humour with it. And so I, you talk about speaking your truth, and I think you need to feel happy with who you are, as I said touched on earlier, that uh, self-love and uh, self-appreciation. And it's something that I, I, you know, I say I don't give advice, but a lot of people do ask me for how do I start eating this way or how do I do this? And I go, well, I I think you need to start with self-love. And once you start practicing that and and having a bit of fun with yourself, then the rest is easy. Changing your diet is bloody easy. If you want to start a fitness regime or a meditation program or a yoga or whatever it may be, that's easy. You know, it's the 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 first step though is uh, self love because without that sense of humour or self love for yourself, then then uh, the other things might just be a little difficult to maintain. I'm all for everybody finding their own path and not relying on somebody else to tell them what to do. I absolutely agree. I am all for self-love as well. You know, it's something that I'm really passionate about, but I'm curious to know your self-love journey. Have you always had a strong self-love muscle or is it something that you have really had to develop over the years? Well, how has it kind of unfolded for you? It's an ongoing process. It's, it's constantly evolving and it's something that, uh, again, I'm curious about. I, I've got no regrets in my life up, up. And I don't think anybody ever should have regrets because every decision that we've made has has led us to the place that we're in, uh, to be around the people that we're around at the moment. And if you're not around the people that are, are giving you uh, joy and abundance, then potentially they might come. But again, you need to be doing that for yourself. So um, I'll bring it back to being curious and I I guess the first thing that uh, really stimulated my curiosity was when I was uh, 19 and I read a book by Anthony Robbins, the motivation expert. And up until then, I'd I'd never really read a book. Novels didn't really do anything for me. But when I read that book, I was like, oh, wow. You know, and he he talks about limiting self-beliefs and overcoming fear and setting goals and talks about self-love and picturing the life that you want to have. And I was just amazed at that we weren't taught these things at school. It was not part of our curriculum. We were taught, we, we were taught subjects that really had no bearing whatsoever on, on real life or, or, or self-love or, or self-mastery, if you like. Uh, so that was sort of the first, uh, I guess, awakening moment for me. And, and from that, from reading that book, I was just like, wow, what else is out there? Because I'd never heard of these things prior to that. Uh, my parents certainly didn't bring up the idea of meditation or self-love or setting your goals or dealing with negative self-beliefs. Uh, and they definitely didn't have that at school for us either. So. Um, once that spark happened when I was 19, uh, that took me down uh, the rabbit hole, so to speak, into, into many, different, uh, many different holes, actually, that um, have, have bared, bared a lot of fruit for me and, and helped me understand 
uh, my place in the world and, and how I think and how I behave and um, how to hopefully bring up um, my children and yeah, in a different way than I was brought up and uh, how to be a different lover or partner to my wife than my previous relationships and and onwards and onwards we go and I think one of the most important things is that we continually search out uh, more and more knowledge. Uh, I, I won't be able to quote it exactly, but the saying goes that uh, once you think you know it all, then you will start to age very quickly. Whereas if you don't think you know anything and you're constantly uh, seeking out uh, new information, then that will keep you youthful. I'm curious to know, what are some of your self-love practices? I think cooking for yourself. I mean, I'm, I've, I'm a trained chef, so it's uh, part, of, part of my career choice. But I think cooking, cooking for yourself and cooking for others or, or somebody cooking for you is one of the best gifts that you can give yourself. I mean, it's called nourishment for, for, for a reason. And I see so many people out there that do nourish themselves with beautiful, beautiful food, but I also see a lot of people that, uh, um, and you could call it abuse, uh, self-abuse and abuse to their families and, and their children through the foods that they choose to, to cook for themselves or for their families. And I do see that as, as a form of abuse, whereas I can see it as a form of self-love. Um, so I think that's a really simple thing for people to start to do because you can do it on a you do it daily, uh, a couple of times a day. <laughs> really, you can be self loving yourself through what you choose to put into your mouth. Uh, you can love yourself through the water that you choose to drink. Are you going to drink uh, the cleanest possible water that you can? And that's a form of self self nourishment and self worship. Uh, are you going to go and have a, a really good night's sleep? tonight and go to bed at an early time because that is another form of self-love and self-nourishment. Uh, then you can go on to how, how you think and how you behave uh, to yourself and to others. Uh, that can get a little bit more uh, complicated because, again, we're dealing with uh, maybe years or decades of limiting uh, limiting limiting uh, self-belief conversations that we have to ourselves. Um, and we let others say those things to us as well, which, <laughs> which uh, is another total uh, other podcast because people uh, attract these types of relationships into their life where they allow other people to um, basically abuse them. So again, it's, a, it's, about, it's about choice. And once you choose to start that self-love process, and it might be as simple as, as uh, I said before, my wife is doing uh, her tea practice in the morning, and that for her is a, is a, a practice of self-love for herself. It's, it's a time that she uh, can devote to herself and uh, be in that, that beautiful heart space. And from that, the rest of the day will unfold as, as, it, as, it's, as, it, as it could. Um, so that's just a couple of tips. 
I agree. I feel like not only is cooking an act of self-love, for me, it's meditation. It's a you know, moving meditation. It's just so beautiful. You mentioned something really important before, you know, you want to really inspire your two beautiful daughters and you want to bring them up differently. I feel like the best way that we can raise our children is by being the example first and foremost. But I'm curious to know, is there any other little tips or tricks or or ways that you have really inspired your daughters to speak their truth and to love themselves and to just live a little bit more fearlessly? Is there anything that you're doing that has worked? Well, I think they inspire us more so than we inspire them, to be honest with you. I mean, you've got to think about it, that children come into this world into a place of unconditional love and they've got that for others. And it's, it's, everything's a joy and a new wonder uh, each and every day for children as they grow up. So we can learn a lot from them living in the moment. That is for sure. And they can inspire us uh, if, if we choose to open our eyes and our hearts to that. Uh, so... But I, I do believe about leading by example and um, uh, a little chat that I had with my daughters as I teach them how to surf because I think uh, it's a wonderful uh, activity that they can do because it gets them in, out into nature with the dolphins and the fish and the energy of the ocean and they get to see sunsets come up or sunrises. Um, I mean, sunsets go down or sunrises come up and it's a sport that they can do That's they don't need anyone else there to do it with them. Um, and once they learn it, they can do it for the rest of their lives and travel the world and, and always be able to just, if, if they're having a hard day, they can finish up the day by having a surf or start the day with a surf. So it's important that I wanted to be able to teach the girls um, one of the one of the joys that I think um, of of uh, as a sport goes, but learning how to surf it's a it's a challenging thing. It's a, it, it creates a lot of fear for people and especially for kids because they're dealing with holding their breath, they're dealing with boards hitting them, they're dealing with other people out there in the ocean, they're dealing with getting dumped onto the sand, they're dealing with leg ropes wrapped around their heads, they're dealing with a lot, there's a lot that can go bad very quickly out there. Uh, there's rocks, there's reefs, there's sharks, there's, uh, you know, it's probably not the, it's not like playing tennis, but let's put it that way. And um, one of the things that um, I taught my girls was when you're standing on the rocks and you want to jump out to the ocean. Um, it's important that if you see the waves coming that you don't run away in fear. What I say to them is, you know, stand very uh, firm, get your balance, plant your feet firmly, the waves will come and then the waves will retreat. And then as they retreat, then take another step or two forward and then wait for the next wave to come and wait for it to go. And, and it, it's, a, it's a great analogy for life is that there will always be waves of, of things coming in and coming out. And it's important not to run away from them, but it's important to stand your ground and be firm and be powerful. And then just when that wave of whatever it may be is gone and you can turn that into anything in your life, then just when you're ready, take another step forward or two. Uh, you don't need to run <laughs> because what happens when you run or, or retreat too fastly is you'll end up tripping and hurting yourself or, or you're not facing the problem head on. So 
leading by example is is important, but also teaching them about their own power and standing in their own unique uh, identity is is equally important. You don't want your children to be like you. <laughs> you want them to be like they are meant to be, their unique, uh, beautiful selves. It's a beautiful metaphor for life surfing, isn't it? It's really beautiful. You know, there is the reef and there's these things that will come and go like the waves and how you show up and how you approach it is, it's really beautiful. I was just kind of taken on a little journey. I had my eyes closed when you were saying all of that and I just was taken away and really such a great metaphor for life. And um, uh, a friend of mine, Helen Patteron, who's a naturopath, uh, one of the Things that she has said in in some of our talks that we've given, and I, and I really enjoy this saying, is try to find something that you can do that's independent of any other human being that brings you joy. So whatever it is that you love to do in, in life, go out and do it, but it has to be independent of anybody else. That way you actually get to uh, find what resonates with you the deepest so, I mean, it could be a multitude of things. And this is what I love about the work that you do and the people that you have on your podcast, uh, they do. And uh, some of the work that I've done is it's not so much about getting people to be healthy. It's about the next step for them. Because what are they going to do when they, have, when they are pain-free, when they wake up full of life? What are their goals and dreams and what is their true identity and what do they want to put out into the world or create? And this is what excites me from my work uh, and why I keep turning up and and being um, very humbled about this is that I get um, wonderful emails and, and stories from people in their 60s, 70s and 80s that have changed their diet and all of a sudden they have this newfound uh, lease on life because they're pain-free or disease-free and they've got the energy now. And they tell me that they're, they're either dancing or they're uh, volunteering or they're painting or they're making music or they're doing the, the things that really resonates strongly with them that's sort of independent of anyone else um, for them to find their true joy. And I think when more and more people are doing that in the world, then it just lifts up the vibration and everyone's happy because they, they, they do the things that they love to do. And you know yourself, if you can spend the day or a part of the day doing something that you really love to do, then you feel great for the rest of the day, if not for the rest of the week. Couldn't agree more. You've spoken a little bit about surrounding yourself with inspiring people that are on the same vibration. And I look at you and Nick and you guys are hashtag relationship goals. I look at you guys and I just think that you share such a beautiful bond. You serve each other, you support each other, you inspire each other. And to me, that is something that I admire. How important do you think it is for people to have relationships around them that reflect what they want to be in the world? I think everything that we do is a work in progress and and that can come in the form of our own evolution individually or our own evolution as 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 in a relationship uh whether it's in a husband and wife relationship uh 
sensual, sexual, uh, loving relationship, or whether it's with your family, or whether it's with your work colleagues, or whether it is w- whatever relationship it is, I think it's, it's something that you can always work on and always uh, keep progressing and keep evolving. And as I said uh, earlier, we've had a, Nick and I, have, she's, she loves her tea ceremony and she's uh, invited me in to experience it and you know I, I love connecting in that that realm and and for me I I ask her to come surfing here or there because I love also to see her experience what I love to do and um, we're actually looking at different um, forms of uh, also um, uh, mentorship or relationship um uh, evolution, and we've actually just contacted someone recently to say, "Can we have a session with you? Because uh, what you're teaching is something that we'd really like to. It resonates strongly for both of us, and uh, and we're going to journey down that little path as well and see where that takes us. So, I think again, that word of curiosity and self love for yourself and for others is very important, and I think it is important that. Um, you can have these open and honest uh, conversations with with anybody that you're in a relationship with. Um, if anything is not agreeing with you, or you need you would like to improve, then I think uh, honest honest communication is very important. I love how hungry you are for growth within yourself. It's really inspiring. And Nick is the same. You guys are just so hungry and curious about growth and wanting to be the best versions of yourself, which is why I love hanging out with you guys, because we get to have great conversations and it's really beautiful to be around people like yourselves. I talk a lot about the masculine and the feminine energy and you're very similar to my husband. You're very masculine, strong men, but you are also very in touch with your feminine side. Is this something that you have had to work on and how important do you think it is to balance both the masculine and the feminine? Uh, It's definitely something that it's good to be aware of and it's something to cultivate. Um, if you are too masculine, then it's important to bring in some of or to nurture the feminine side and vice versa, especially if you are in a, in a loving relationship as well with, with somebody. Um, it, it, it's, it's a balancing act, I believe, like, like everything in life is a balancing act. Um, <laughs> One of the things I learned to do is, is when I was 19, I did a speed reading course and they taught me how to juggle. <laughs> it was one of the best things I've ever learned to do. And it's, uh, it's, it's helped, me, um, helped me strong ever since, uh, learning how to juggle and learning how to balance things in life. Um, and I think it's the same with the yin and yang or the male and uh, feminine energies that we have. And, and again, I'm not an expert, so I don't feel comfortable talking about it, but uh, it's probably something that I need to investigate and, and learn more about myself growing up in a, with a single mother, basically, and, and being a, basically an only child in, in my home life growing up. Uh, my older brother and sister uh, had already left home, basically, when I was growing up. So I've got, uh, I was pretty much single-handedly raised by, a, by my mother. So, um, 
And I know a lot of different guys out there that uh, have had similar experiences as well and they've got uh, similar uh, traits. And there's also the other side of things where people have been raised by their fathers and they've got more masculine energy. So it's probably a, a better chat for somebody else than me. Yeah, maybe that is why you are open. You're open to growth. You're hungry for growth. You're curious and when Nick invites you into one of her beautiful tea ceremonies, there'd be a lot of men that would go, what? But you are so curious and you're so open and maybe growing up with that more feminine influence has really shaped that. It's really inspiring. And to be honest, I don't really think about it too much. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah. So you have faced a lot of adversity and critics because you are fearless and speaking up about what you believe in and, you know, in particular that whole saga around the baby formula that was totally misrepresented. And for those that don't know, you published a recipe that had been published hundreds of times before and you were slammed for it. And from the outside, it looks like you dealt with that with such ease and grace. But was that the case? I mean, you know, for me, I get little comments and it still stings. My higher self tries to be esoteric about it, but sometimes it still stings like a little bee sting. And I'm curious to know, you look like you do it with such ease and grace. Has that been the case for you? Uh, it's interesting, to be honest with you, that uh, the only time these things ever come up is when I'm having an interview with someone <laughs> about that, what you just mentioned, or anything else. Like, I, none of that negative media stuff is ever in my normal day-to-day -day life, except when I'm doing an interview, which I try not to do many of, uh, because it, it tends to be the thing that people keep bringing up and like, really? You're still talking about that five years on or six years on? Like, it was, it was a lie that was manipulated by certain people for their own agenda and that's what it was. It was, it was, that's what it was and that's what it is. And, it, and it's, it's, for me, it's like, delete, move on. But for so many others out there, and, and no disrespect to you, it's, it's, um, it's still something that people like to talk about for some reason. It's like, really? <laughs> you, you, it's, it's, it's just, it's fascinating that people are so drawn to controversy, even if it wasn't real. And, and all you have to do is look at the local news agent or airport um, place where they, I won't say the word news, but if you look at the newspaper of a day-to-day -day basis, I mean, again, it's, it's controversy, it's not true, it's usually lies or uh, to create some, or help push somebody's agenda, whether it's politics or religion or mainstream media or somebody's blog or somebody's, whatever it may be, it's always to push somebody's agenda and, and generally these days it's about controversy and I tend not to um, give it really any, any energy if I can help it <laughs> but it's hard when somebody asks me because then I have to bring it up so, um, or we have to talk about it. The best, best response for me was next question, Melissa. <laughs>
I totally agree with you and I think it is absolutely ridiculous that people do still bring it up. And the only reason I brought it up was because it's inspiring with how you deal with it. From my perspective, you look like you do it with such ease and grace. Yeah, I think I think the thing to know is that you will never please everybody out there, no matter what you do, uh, and that's cool. <laughs> that's because and and really, the only person you really need to please is yourself. And at the end of the day, uh, for instance, with that book, um, I'm really happy we self-published it, and it has helped so many people, and I'm very very happy with it. At the end of the day as well, the controversy that came from it only helped to elevate what we're doing into, I guess, if want to call it mainstream media, even though it came uh, in a negative way. The flip side of that is people now know what paleo is to a degree if, if they read a real book about it instead of getting their information from mainstream media. But it's also helped to um, get people talking about what they eat, um, what they drink, and, and many other topics that possibly prior to that, um, it was sort of uh, a, a little bit of a fringe topic, whereas now it seems to be uh, very much, very much, uh, very popular to talk about these things, which, is, which can only be positive. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'd love to know, what is one thing that you're currently working on or would like to work on within yourself at the moment? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I just uh, touched on before that Nick and I are going to explore um, another avenue of of our relationship, which is going to be fun, and uh, we may or may not release some information on that, Um, or it could be a private thing. so that's that's something that's that's uh, exciting at the moment. Um, being a father is uh, is is an ongoing journey and something that uh, working on. My oldest daughter is in high school now, uh, and that's a new uh, a new space for, for for the family dynamic, especially for my daughter, but and also for me to help. Uh, I need to um, I need to understand. Uh, what she's going through through this phase, and I've been told by people that uh, the first year of high school for for anybody, especially a girl, is can be one of the most um, powerful and most dramatic changes for them uh, in their lifetime. So I just need to be fully aware and present for for that, and and to to uh, to understand or try to understand. And to give her space and and encouragement for what she's going through. So that's that's probably one of the things that I'll be working on this year, uh, just to make sure that she's she's got all the love and understanding that she needs while she goes through this process. Beautiful. Now let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now this is besides your 15 books. Let's say they're already in the curriculum, that's a given. But what is one book that you would put in every single high school around the world and why? I would probably put in Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, because. Um we 
we going back to the very start of our conversation today where people define themselves by a label so many people define themselves by a whether they're catholic or jewish or muslim or buddhist or religious belief system now that's all very well and good for people to have religious beliefs uh, but i but i do think for children it's very 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 important for them to come to their own understanding of spirituality or religion when they're old enough to have acquired enough information for them to make that decision of what their belief system is going to be. Because if we look around the world at the moment, uh, the majority of the world's children are put into or given a label from their parents uh, of what religious uh, beliefs they're going to have. Uh, it's, it's not negotiable for, for so many children. And uh, that would be, uh, I think, a very important book and, and, and for people, for, for children to read when they're of an age where they can, where they can take in that information. Um, and then, it, then that lets people have free choice. It lets children work out what, what, what resonates with them. Uh, and obviously I'd love to put a nutrition book in there as well, but I think nutrition can come after um, understanding who they are as a unique, beautiful uh, individual. Mm, absolutely. And if you could put a nutrition book in, would there be one in particular? Uh, probably the most imp important book that I think I've read uh, would be The Vegetarian Myth by Leah Keith. I think it's a profound book that I think everybody, especially every, ch every child, should read when they can uh, understand that information about, again, going back to who we are as, as, a, as a label, as a human, and understanding from our evolutionary uh, history who we are. Uh, because I see so many young, young females out there that become vegetarians without the proper information and, and uh, and go down a, a rabbit hole of, of uh, uh, issues that, um, that come from choosing a vegetarian diet so early on and in, in their teenage years. They're great. I can't wait to um, look into the God delusion. I've, I've never heard of it, so I'm excited to look into that. I would love to talk about how your day looks like I mentioned at the start of this episode, you wear many hats, but I'm fascinated if you have a morning routine or a couple of daily non-negotiables, how you prime yourself for the day and set yourself up for a successful day. You do so much traveling. You're always on a plane somewhere else, but are there a couple of morning routines or rituals or things that you do to really set yourself up for a successful day? No. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no. Honestly, there's, there's, I don't have a schedule that is the same every day or the same every week. It's, um, I travel a lot and I'm in very uh, varied locations. But so, no, I don't really have any rituals except for really good water and really good food and getting out into the sun at some part of the day, if I can, and trying to have a really good sleep and connecting to the earth, whether it's in, uh, in the ocean or um, taking the, my shoes off and walking barefoot in the park or sitting on the ground and connecting with loved ones however I can, whether that's uh, by phone, 
by Skype or in person, preferably in person. Uh, and I think that's that's the basis of a, and moving my body somehow. Um, I'm not one for too many rules, <laughs> and, and I, I try. I like to be as flexible as possible. <laughs> so I don't. Uh, I don't. At, at this point in time in my life, I'm, I don't have a daily ritual apart from what I just mentioned. Loving yourself as, as with those those simple things, connecting with other people, nourishing yourself with food and water and sunshine and movement and and a good night's sleep. And I think. And having a laugh if I can, and whether that's watching a bit of TV or reading a book or whatever it may be, or with somebody. I think if, if we keep it that simple, <laughs> then you can cultivate uh, wonderful things from that. Love it. Now, I'd love to hear, I've got three rapid fire questions for you. Go for it. What is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? Get some vitamin D. Get out there and uh, get some sun on our skin uh, without burning, obviously. I think that's uh, a lot of people are vitamin D deficient. So I'd say get out there and, and get, some sun, get some sun onto you. It just recharges me. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. <laughs> it's free. Exactly. So now let's hear one of the most important things that you can do for your wealth. When I say wealth, I mean being Wealthy in every area of your life. So with your career and just doing what you love. So what's one of the most important things that we can do for our wealth? Well, I think you just summed it up there. And success is, are you happy? Are you healthy? Uh, have you got enough money to put a roof over your head and, and put good food onto your table? Um, the, rest is, the rest is a bonus, I think, from there. So the one thing you can do is, um, you know, do something every day that you love to do. I'll go back to what Helen said. Do it. Find what that is. For somebody, it might be singing. Another person could be dancing. It could be drawing or painting. It could be playing with an animal. Uh, it could be taking photos. I, I don't know what it is for, for people, but if you can find what that is, uh, that's where true true happiness and wealth will, will come when you're doing things that you love to do for yourself. Yes, amen. And what is one of the most important things that we can do for love to cultivate more love in our life? More of the same. <laughs> more of the same. And, uh, and being open and honest with ourselves and with others, I think, is the, is the key. And not judging and, and understanding. And it's something that I'm still working on myself. As I said, it's a work in progress. So <laughs> uh, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, we are an onion. There's more layers to come. Yes, exactly. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a fearless ambassador for truth and for leading the path. You inspire me so much to speak my truth even more and to just follow my path. You are such a great example of that. And I'm really grateful to have you lead the way and for you following your truth. It's really inspiring. Oh, thanks, Melissa. It was awesome to uh, have a chat with you and uh, hopefully something resonated with somebody out there. And if not, uh, there'll be somebody else on your beautiful podcast that uh, <laughs> will help you out along the way, hopefully. But always look inside and uh, find what uh, resonates for yourself. Thank you so much, Pete. 
What a humble and beautiful man. I love how passionate and committed he is to wanting to grow and learn. It's really inspiring. And I want to encourage you this week to pick up a new book or seek out some new wisdom and continue to grow and learn. That is the best way that you are going to evolve. So I hope you loved today's episode as much as I did. If you did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes because that means we can not only reach more people and inspire more people together, but it also means that we can get more epic humans on the show. And don't forget to tell me who you want me to interview on the show and make sure you do that on Twitter by using the hashtag at Mel underscore Ambrosini and the person that you want me to interview using the hashtag the Melissa Ambrosini show. And for everything that Pete and I mentioned in the podcast today, you can check out in the show notes that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 20. You can also check out all my other podcasts there. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to grow and learn and be the best version of yourself. You are awesome. And now if there is someone in your life that you think would really benefit from this particular episode, please share it with them right now. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.